0: If you would like to hear your segment idea on the Leap Pod, contact us at leepod at gmail.com. That's L-E-E-P-P-O-D at gmail.com if you would like to hear your segment idea on the pod. Now off to the pod. Welcome back to another episode of the Leap Pod. So today over the phone, I have Samuel Nelson. Thank you for joining us today, Sam.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So Sam, you're uh, also a podcast person, I hear. Yep,
1: yeah, I got my own lunch hour pod. But yeah. anyways, if we could get going on the Leap Pod.
0: Yeah. So. Today we will be talking about the best players in certain categories and Sam actually came up with this idea. So the categories we'll be talking about today is the three-point, mid-range, and dunking. So Sam, do you want to start us off with the three-point?
1: Three-point? Well, my runner-up is Ray Allen. So he leads the NBA forever for three points made. Um, I think he's also had the most attempts. but. It's still an incredible stat.
0: Yeah, so uh, for me, for my runner-up, I had to go with, like Honorable Mention, to Ray Allen, Reggie Miller. I had to go with Clay Thompson. Like, I can't ignore some of those insane things he's done. 37 points in a quarter, quarter and I don't even miss. know if he missed a shot. When this guy's hot, he's not missing, and he doesn't – he can hold the ball for, like, 20 seconds in a game and get you, like, 20 points. It's incredible. He'll stand there and won't have to dribble. He'll just hit the three and go back and defend.
1: Oh, I, I got to agree with you. Like, you just see him making three after three quite often.
0: Yeah, and I, I have a weird feeling that we might be agreeing on the first place. Character. Yeah,
1: me too.
0: Yeah. So who do you have?
1: Steph Curry. So, I think almost everyone would have this guy on as their top 3-point shooter all the time. He's just incredible.
0: Yeah, uh, there's not much to be said. The guy uh, he he's definitely going to break Ray Allen's 3-point shot like an all-time as long as something tragic doesn't happen. Uh yeah. Like and he's the thing is is he's been an amazing three point shooter his whole career and you could argue that he's at the peak of his shooting right now. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So uh, I got four hundred two three pointers in a single season. Like that's absurd. Mad respect for the guy. So. Uh, now we're gonna <clears throat> sorry. Now we're gonna be talking about mid range. So,
1: um, I had Chris Paul as my runner-up. Now, this is a category I maybe don't know as much because it's—I'd almost say it's underrated in the game of basketball, considering the amount of threes that are taken now, and yeah, they're just not drawn into it as it, people's attention much.
0: Yeah, I was—I definitely did think about Chris Paul because I—I watched the Phoenix vs. Raptors game. And it's crazy. Chris ball, he'll just come off of a pick, just dribble through somewhere, anywhere, take a elbow shot, drain it. It's, I get, well, I'm very
1: impressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen him play a lot, but I've seen him play some, and he's super a super quick player. So I could just see him looking like he's going to drive, then stopping and taking that midrange, and then the defender would be nowhere near him.
0: Yeah, so me, for my runner-up, I had Kobe Bean. So, the knock on Kobe is that he's not very efficient, but in the mid range, I'd say he was decently efficient. He had that signature turnaround fadeaway that was pretty unguardable. I, yeah, the guy will run fast, pull up, dribble, create a shot, fading, uh, going to the side, he'll hit it, it like, very impressed with it, like, yeah, with how he's sure. able to knock down even the toughest of shots. Mm-hmm. And who do you have for the number one guy?
1: Um, I had KD. Again, I'm not a huge expert on the mid-range category, so I can't say a whole lot about it, but I looked at a lot of people's lists, and he was pretty high up on a lot of them.
0: Yeah, so me personally, I have Mike, you know. So for me, Michael Jordan, I, were, I talked a lot about Michael Jordan, but then one one time I actually went off and watched one of Michael Jordan's games, like one of the Bulls games in the 90s, and I was very impressed. Like Michael Jordan, his mid range is so consistent. His fading backwards is fading sideways, and he can get – with that 48-inch vertical, he can get so high in the air that he can – like, no one's going to block it if he's that high. Uh, Probably lots of you listening have seen the iconic shot at the free throw line where he – like, he jumps, and then there's a guy coming, and he, the guy – the defender jumps and comes down. Michael Jordan's still in the air and drains it. That's why they call oh, him – Oh, yeah, he,
1: he's just amazing.
0: Yeah, I, I – I, like I watched that game and man, like he's it's just so consistent mid range. I yeah, very impressive for him. Uh, so now we're gonna be talking about some of the dunking. Who do you got as uh, the runner up, Sam?
1: For my runner up, I had Michael Jordan. Oh. Like like you mentioned, his forty eight inch vertical was it? Yeah. And uh. I'd like to take into consideration, like, in-game dunks, not, like, dunking contests and yeah. stuff. yeah, that's what really take, tests the skill.
0: Yeah. So, personally, I also have Michael Jordan there. His ability to just get in the air and then stay there. Like, he can make adjustments. He can dunk with both hands. He can, like, he, who's going to defend a guy? that can do that well like and he can pretty much stretch his arms as high as he can because he can palm the ball which actually is a pretty nice thing to be able to do when you're dunking so yeah I can't it's so hard to see someone defend him when he can like midair air make, make body adjustments make arm adjustments because he has so much time up there and he gets so high it's yeah very impressive Oh, and I also want to do some honorable mentions. Dominique Wilkins, LeBron, uh, Blake Griffin, lots of those guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, those guys were really high up there for me too, but they didn't make
0: Yeah, me neither. Oh, and Kobe is an honorable mention. So who do you have as number one? I had
1: Vince Carter. So, yeah, I've just seen some replays of some pretty crazy dunks by him. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just insane.
0: Yeah, they don't call him Vinsanity for nothing. The guy, he—I'm not sure if it is exact vertical, but the he can definitely get up there, and he—he he just has a skill. I do not he has a pretty good dunk. Like he knows when to dunk. He doesn't take stupid dunks, but. One like he jumped over uh a seven foot two guy during the Olympics, just completely dunked over top of him. Like he his he was over top of him. I can't explain it very better. But he had a forty three inch vertical as I just looked it up.
1: Yeah, I just looked that up too.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's
1: he definitely earned his nickname half man, half amazing.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I think he might be full amazing because the guy, yeah. the guy, and he didn't just have a single arc. Like he had a full arsenal of things he could do. And if you blocked him one way, he could just he'd just go reverse dunk. Like yeah, he could do so many. Dunk with both hands, which is very important. And yeah, I really was. I don't. I think that it's quite clear cut. I mean, Michael Jordan is a very good second, but I think many people would agree with me that Vince Carter is the best yes, the best dunker of all time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So that wraps up some of these categories and now we'll just get into the next segment. (laughs) So now we're going to get into a new say, new segment. So Sam also had this idea. Sam, just tell them where it is.
1: Okay, so we're going to talk about how the game would be different if there was no three in the key.
0: Yeah, so for all of you fans who don't know what three in the key is, it's basically uh, you have three seconds, and if you're in the key for three seconds, then it's just a foul. So are we doing just defensive three in the key or both offensive and defensive.
1: Let's go both.
0: All right. So, if you're defensive and you get three in the key, then the other team gets a fa- gets a free throw and they inbound it. And then if you're on offense, then the other team just gets the ball.
1: Yeah. So So personally, I think that there would be a much higher demand for those big strong guys like uh, Joel Embiid.
0: Yeah. And even, like, the, a Rudy Gobert would be so crazy. And oh, yeah. Like, he could just stand out of there. And also on the offensive zone, he's not really – he's not a three-point shooter. So if he would just stand under the glass and get rebound. And another person I'd like to talk about is Clint Capella. So the guy is by no means whatsoever – a perimeter player he's a great uh rim protector one game this year he got 10 blocks it was pretty insane
1: yeah yeah that's insane and i think uh there would be a lot it would be a lot harder for the little guys like the shorter about six to three or something to get layups because just put a big big in the key, and then they get almost nothing in the yeah. paint.
0: I think that would make a lot of the bigger guys start to play more in the paint, but a lot of the smaller guys, like pretty much all smaller guys, have to play outside. Which for Steph Curry, like, and people like Damian Lillard and them, that's not like horrible, but yeah, like,
1: but it, it makes them easier to defend on the three point line too because you know they can't drive as easy.
0: Yeah. It, that would make man defense. I find would almost be non-existent because unless, yeah. but then that that could make uh five L offenses really powerful because five L offenses for you fans they have uh it's basically they have all five players out so if you had everyone on the floor that could shoot a three they would pretty much have to have a player out but then that could kind of open up the inside but say you have that one player that can't shoot a three then that's that's big deal Like, and also maybe you have someone really big and fast that can play help defense and almost cover two people on the three-point line like uh Kawhi leonard or uh Jones I guess Jones is more of an interior player but if you need him he could cover the perimeter and like really stretch the defensive side. So Oh well, yeah,
1: and for those little guys the the three point game would be that much more valuable because yeah. that would be their only weapon.
0: Yeah. And I think that like if you were going to have to if you were going to play inside you'd have to have a lot more people inside like pick and rolls might be pick and rolls might start to not be near as existent because you could just have that person stay on their paint but pick and pops would be far more common because say you only have one guy guarding those two people and the person with the ball goes around and they they either have an open shot the guy under the or the guy under the paint has to contest it or the guy behind them has an open shot. So, I think pick and rolls could at, or pick and pops could actually be really important if you had that third guy driving to the basket. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I think it would it would be pretty crazy. And like Someone like a Taco Fall would be so valuable.
1: Yeah, Uh, but I don't know if he's got enough muscle for his fight. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but...
1: That's that's the one thing. Like, Taco Fall would be really good there. Yeah. Especially on the offensive side.
0: On the offensive side, yeah. I could definitely see him because, yeah, then you kind of have to have someone... When they bigs down there, and if they have only <clears throat> if they only have one big on the floor, and it's their good player like Joel Embiid, I don't think you want to really waste a Joel Embiid on some of Taco Falls caliber player. You might want to have like a more of a role player covering that. But you can't if you like the. Yeah. I think something like small ball would not that would not work at all. Like. You'd have to have centers that are at least over six foot ten. Yeah. Can't yeah, play like sure. the Houston Rockets with a six foot five center. Like that yeah. will not work.
1: Yeah. What is the <laughs> tallest player on the Rockets?
0: The tallest player on the Rockets, they've definitely uh shot up a bit. I'll check that out. But So, yeah. I think it could really yeah, the small ball people like Draymond Green would not be valued near as much. I think yeah, his roles, unless you he, he'd have to play like a small forward instead of playing a small ball center. And yeah, I think that would really change the people. I think the tallest player on the Houston Rockets is Christian Wood at six foot ten. No. Uh, Kelly Olenek at six eleven. They've definitely they're definitely a taller team now, but yeah, they still. Oh,
1: and I think on offense, people would really start going for a fast break.
0: Yeah, fast breaks would be big, and fat, like the big players that can stand at a hoop. It would be important for them to be fast. So like a Giannis Antetokounmpo, no, like he's so valuable now, but. If this rule, that would make him even more valuable. Although, I think when he's driving and dunking, I'm not sure. I'm sure he could definitely posterize some, but I think it'd be hard to, like, having a Rudy Gobert on him. That would be very hard to uh, dunk over because he's a very skilled defender.
1: Well, and fast uh, guards like Chris Paul. So, he would be very valuable on the fast break. But during, play- if the defense is set up, it would be much harder for him because he's not able to drive as easy with that uh, big guy under the rim. So that would take a full element out of the game of those type of players.
0: Yeah, like I've said, I think the pick and roll or pick and pop would be some very in would be a very interesting. Uh, play because then you have to like you'd have to have that center. You'd either have to have two people come and defend that and then that leaves and then that Technically if they have a person standing on their hoop and you have a five-out offense That means there's someone open on the three-point line or they have to have their big man standing on a hoop to Come and defend it, which means that yeah. place is open and you can have someone cut and get it So I think that would be very important play so, yeah, yeah. I I think lo- lots of lots of people we don't really consider too valuable would become very valuable. Like Bull Bowl- although he's not very big, uh, he de- He's a very skilled uh defensive player. He here. I'll check. He averages how many blocks? He he doesn't average many blocks, but. He averages like over his career 0.5 blocks, but he's averaging like uh, very few minutes. So, but yeah, so I think he could become far more valuable. And I think, yeah, like I've said, we'll be getting a lot more valuable players that we haven't seen. Uh, so, Bobo is averaging 6.4 minutes and 0.5 blocks. But if you say he's averaging like 24 minutes, that goes up to two blocks, like. So I think, yeah, we definitely see the emergence of bigs again. Kind, I think it really turn into a lot more of an old fashioned game. Although, all old in the past, you haven't been able to play zone defenses, so this would actually be more old fashioned than. The old fashioned, if that makes any sense at all.
1: Okay, and well, let's talk about the past a bit. Talking about old fashioned, like imagine those strong guys, uh, Will Chamberlain. Imagine like, a Mark.
0: Insane. Imagine a Mark Eaton. So, uh, Mark Eaton, he averaged five point four blocks a game in a season, and he sucked on offense. At horrible. But on on defense, he averaged 5.6 blocks a game while getting 32 minutes. So imagine that if he could just stand in the paint, I bet he could get that up to eight blocks a game. I'm like because he's such a great defender. I think he would be so overpowered. And like you said, Wilt.
1: yeah. Well, yeah, and the guys that can block like that, even if they're not on great on uh, offense necessarily, they would have a better chance at getting a permanent role on a team too.
0: Yeah. So, like, even uh, Chris Boucher would be great.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Swatter boy.
1: He's a He's a pretty decent blocker.
0: Yeah. Good defender, and yeah, so... I think, I think that it would, you know make make the pace of the game. What do you think it would do for the pace of the game, though, Samuel? Do you think? I think
1: it would make it a quicker pace. Yeah. I I really do, and that would maybe make it so you'd need two fairly skilled, big, strong guys on your team at least, so you can switch them out because, uh, they burn a lot more energy than the small guys. And they need more break time.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, like I've said, athletic big men would be so vital in that, and some people that like Wilt Chamberlain would be insane because he averaged, get ready for this, for like a uh, NBA game is forty eight minutes. Wilt Chamberlain averaged forty eight point five minutes. You heard me right wow. Like, he did not miss a game. Like, he very rarely would miss any time at all. I think throughout the season, he missed eight minutes due to fouling out. Like, eight minutes total.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's insane.
0: the guy's got – the guy's one of the fastest runners and extremely athletic. Like, he could – I'm not sure how fast he could run a 100-meter dash. It was under 11 seconds. And at seven foot two with an over-40 inch vertical, but being able to do that for 48 and a half minutes a game?
1: Yeah. Well, you think with this rule, Wilt we'll, would become the greatest of all
0: time? I think that would... I think that could very possibly uh, be possible. Like, I think that's very possible. Yeah. Like, I would... His stats would be insane i bet they didn't keep blocks back then back but some people went back and they found out that he would have been averaging almost 10 blocks a game imagine if wow, he could just stand under the under the paint yeah i mean back that's then that's
1: pretty unheard of
0: like oh he would he would be insane and also bill russell like
1: yeah. I'm not a huge expert on him, but Yeah. Well what's so let's he, take he on how he'd do
0: like he's a defensive monster. He has the six highest defensive wind shares in a season, which I hardly understand at all and I can't really explain it. But it basically means defensive wind shares is basically a way to measure how good of a defender you are. Yeah, in a season in a season, he has the highest, and then, like, he has the six highest defensive chairs in seasons over his career. No, maybe five of the six highest, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, he would be insane to, like, uh, on a team. I would be very impressed. Yeah, so if he was playing with that rule, he could just stand out there. And not to mention the fact that he grabbed rebounds like insane. He was grabbing uh 22.5 rebounds over his career, and over one year, his highest he's gone is 24.7, and the lowest he's gone is
1: 18.6. Yeah, and... Just imagine Minute Bull seven seven is he? Yeah. Just yeah, just imagine that I got at standing in the paint. So mm-hmm. many guys would have no chance on that.
0: Yeah. So uh thanks for coming in today on the pod. I think that'll wrap the segment up and yeah. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Leap Pod. Be sure to tune in next week.